lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. From this time forth and forevermore.
Thank you guys so much. Are y'all receiving a blessing already? Amen. Amen. And guys, don't pay any attention to that clock on the wall back there. They set it fast to get me done early. <laughs> so, <laughs> it didn't work. That's right. <laughs> want to welcome those of you who are joining with us on our live stream, uh, whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, be sure to heart to like to share, subscribe, all those things, get the word out there. I uh, want to say welcome to those who are on our phone live streaming also. Uh, just as a note, of, note for you on our phone live streaming, music doesn't always come across as well uh, on, our, on the phone system there. Uh, so hopefully you'll be able to hear well. Uh, you will hear the message uh, this morning too. So just want to say welcome to you this morning. Uh, I encourage you also if you have access to our church website to go to our church website at highlandbaptistchurch.com you can download under the info tab our worship bulletin for today if you need these in person they're at the doors and in the windowsills uh, we also have our children's worship bulletins that are also under that tab so be sure to download those those are in the windowsill to my right if you need those uh, for your children uh, this morning and while you're there on our church website under that info tab, go ahead and also download the prayer list and then go to the far right-hand side and click that Give Online tab. You can do your online giving with your regular offering, with your uh, golden offering for Tennessee Mission, so be sure uh, to do that. You also have those plates down here at the front and your envelopes are in the pews in front of you. So be sure to do your offering this morning in the, in the plates. As you leave this morning uh, through the doors, there'll be guys stationed there with offering plates for you to give your love offering uh, this morning for Chosen Road. So I want to encourage you to be praying about giving uh, generously to them. It's a blessing that we are able to have them here. Uh, just got notice earlier, uh, actually last Sunday, and then confirmed it on Monday. Uh, and so they were able to be here with us. Uh, we weren't able to coordinate to get them here for Christmas, uh, but it was a wonderful blessing to have them here uh, with us this morning. So just want to encourage you to, to give towards them and supporting their ministry. They, will, they do have a table set up in the back, so be sure to go by and support them that way. Uh, and they will be needing to leave pretty soon because they've got to go uh, down to Chattanooga for their next uh, place. And they've got to be there at 4 o'clock on stage at 4 o'clock. And so that's a little bit of a drive there, and you know how the traffic is going uh, to Chattanooga. So uh, let me just remind you this also. We have our, our Trunk or Treat event coming up. You can help us in many ways. The sign-up sheet is on the board out here, so be sure to sign up. Whether you want to bring candy, you want to help us with the trunk. Uh, if you need decorations, see myself, Miss Linda. We've got plenty of decorations for vehicles. Uh, as uh, You can bring your own to, on to if you want. Uh, also, if you want to help serve uh, food, you want to help serve hot chocolate, you just want to help with traffic control, uh, we, we need your help with those things. So sign up on that sheet uh, out in the hallway uh, also. And then also, you'll notice in your bulletins this morning, we're going to go ahead and do our missionary moment uh, right now. So you have a and Vicki Safadi who are serving in Ohio. I want to encourage you to take the time to read that and to be praying for our missionary work across this nation, around the world, and even in Tennessee with our golden offering for Tennessee missions. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Brother Mike's then going to come and lead us in a song of worship, and then after that, uh, they're going to come back and share uh, God's word with you through song. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are and for what you're doing uh, in our lives. Lord, we thank you 
for the wonderful privilege we have this morning of having Chosen Road with us. We pray, God, for your blessings upon them. We pray, God, that you'll protect them as they travel even later today. But, Father, we just pray that as we come to worship you, we want our service to be all about you. Uh, Father, we just pray that the name of Jesus will be uplifted, uh, that those who are here or watching online who don't know Christ as their Lord and their Savior, Lord, they would be touched by the message in song and by the message in your word. And, Father, I pray that they would give their hearts and their lives to you today. So bless us today, Lord, through our worship service. Be with our missionaries and bless them, Lord, especially those uh, that we're recognizing this morning, uh, Amr and Vicki Safadi, who are serving there in Ohio. We ask your blessings upon them, uh, Father, and bless us as we continue to give to the golden offering for Tennessee missions. And so, Father, we just pray for your blessings on all those missionaries. Place a hedge of protection about them. Keep them safe in your arms. And we just give everything we have and everything we are to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother Mike. If you would, and turn to 138 and sing with us uh, as we go further into the service at Calvary, 138. We'll do all four verses, Tommy. Years of spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified. No. It was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. By God's word at last my sin I then I trembled at the law I spurned Till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary Mercy there was great and grace was free Pardon there was multiplied to me There my burdened soul found liberty Now, before we do the next two verses, let's all stand. Pat. Now I've given to Jesus everything. Now I gladly owe him as my king. Now my raptured soul can only sing of Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Apply to me, there my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did spend at Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary.
Have y'all enjoyed that this morning? Amen. I just encourage you, uh, follow them on Facebook, on all the social media platforms that they're on. Uh, they're on TV all the time. Uh, it seems like every so often I see that they're, they were just on RFD TV uh, just recently. And so uh, they wouldn't tell you this or, or because they're not going to brag about themselves, but I'll just say a word too. Uh, they've had a couple of songs that have been nominated for Grammy. And so uh, just keep them in your prayers uh, that God will continue to use them and bless them. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to John 19, verse 28 and verse 29. I have just a brief message to give you after we have our invitation this morning and, and uh, our Deacon of the Week comes to share those announcements. Then we're, they're going to sing one final closing uh, song for us. But John 19, two verses, verse 28, verse 29. Let's stand as we read God's Word in honor of His Word. So verse 28 says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scriptures, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the blessing of the gospel and song. And Father, I just pray that you would use this in a powerful way, Lord, this morning uh, to speak your truth into our hearts and to our lives. Lord, bless your word in a powerful way that it would bring those who are lost to the place of salvation because we know that your word says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Father, I pray that it will encourage those of us who are believers also to trust in you and to follow you in all that we say and do. So bless your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> so think about this. Knowing that Jesus only had a few hours to live, Jesus tells us several things that we ought to make sure of before we die. We, we've already talked about some of these, that we ought to forgive others. Because remember, Jesus forgave the crowd who was crying out to crucify him from the cross. He also forgave that thief. Uh, who was uh, hanging on the cross beside him and said, Today you shall be with me in paradise. You remember that we, we saw that he also loved his family and he told us we need to love our families as he took care of his mother and, and, and entrusted her uh, to John's care. We took, talked about last week how we need to make God our priority as Jesus from the cross cried out to his father. And now Jesus here shows us that we are to suffer well. Now that doesn't make a lot of sense for us because we don't like suffering. Uh, we, we, we feel like we ought to prosper, we ought to be blessed. Uh, why do I have to go through suffering? And, and yet, in fact, that's what we see, that if Jesus suffered, we will also, if we follow him as our Lord and our Savior. And so in these last six hours, Jesus is teaching us how to die. And now we come to this fifth thing that he says on the cross that's very brief, but it's tremendously revealing. Think about it. Jesus is here hanging on the cross. He's nearly dead. That much is clear to everybody around him. It might be minutes. It might be an hour. But even a Roman soldier, much less a doctor, could easily see that the end was near. 
And almost as a last gasp, a sound comes out, which is, which is more like a moan that you could barely hear. It's the shortest of all the statements that Jesus makes from the cross when he says this in verse 28. I thirst. Two words in the English, only one word in the Greek, six letters, the only statement that Jesus makes that refers to his own physical suffering. Because up to this point, you remember that Jesus had been focusing on the needs of others. Uh, his enemies needed forgiveness. Uh, the felon there on the cross, the thief on the cross needed eternal life. His family needed to be taken care of. And now he deals with his own personal physical suffering. And in those two words, he tells us here that one of the things we ought to make sure of before we die is to suffer well. Suffering's a part of life. And many people suffer while they're living. Uh, many people suffer even while they're dying. And Jesus tells us how to handle that. Three quick things I want to share with you this morning. First, admit your pain. God already knows what you're going through, but we need to acknowledge it before him. Notice the first word in verse 28. It says, after this, Jesus, knowing that all was finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. Now it's not really appreciated or understood just how much pain and suffering Jesus was experiencing on the cross at this moment. He had not only been going, undergoing the most torturous death ever invented for six hours, but prior to that, he had been through 12 hours of, of, a, of a, just a, a, a pure torture. Remember, he had been beaten, he had been slapped, he had been scourged with that cat of nine tails uh, until his rib cage even begins to show. His back is, is just strips of skin that are hanging uh, from his neck. Uh, he's crowned with a crown of thorns that are burrowed into his scalp. His beard has even been ripped and then nails were pounded into his hands and, and into his feet. No wonder, as he's hanging on this cross, he's thirsty. I mean, think about it. He's been exposed to the, to the heat throughout all this time also. Uh, he's there stark naked, tremendous loss of blood, total exhaustion, extreme dehydration. This is one of the many aspects of crucifixion that those of us who, who live in, in the world that we do, in the, in the centuries we are here, we can't even imagine because none of us have experienced this kind of thirst. You didn't die uh, in, in crucifixion by losing a lot of blood. You died by a combination of dehydration and asphyxiation. Uh, you, if you were on a cross being crucified, your, your lips would be parched, they would be cracked, they would be bleeding, your eyes would, would be glazed over, uh, and your tongue would be swollen three times in the size of your mouth. Saliva sticks to the throat like glue. And, and you could just imagine... You know, that, that uh, we can survive much longer without food than we can without water. Water combined with the loss of those bloody fluids would give you a tremendous fever. You could just imagine his eyes would, would be burning in their sockets. Uh, your head would be exploding with an excruciating pain. Your vocal cords would be in, inflamed and feel like they're on fire. In fact, scientists tell us that the most agonizing pain in the, the, the human body can experience is thirst. 
Every single cell in your body cries out for a drop of water. The pain only gets worse and worse as time goes by. And he says in verse 28, I thirst. Now that's amazing because think about it, who he is. He is God in the flesh. I mean, why doesn't he do something about it? Think about it. If he could turn water into wine, couldn't he turn dirt into water? If he could take five loaves and, and two fish and feed 5,000, couldn't he just make it rain from heaven into his mouth? I mean, think about it. Thousands of angels were, were ready to, to do battle for him. Couldn't he even just ask one of them to bring something to drink? The answer is yes, but why didn't he? Why did he go through all of this physical suffering? As a matter of fact, why did he suffer physical hurt, emotional heartache, as we saw last week, and even spiritual helplessness? Why did he go through being crucified by his enemies, being deserted by his friends and his family, and forsaken by his heavenly Father? Because Jesus wanted us to know that what we feel, he has felt. What we have experienced, he has experienced. When we hurt, he has hurt far more than we could ever imagine. He knew that you would be deserted by your friends and, and would be disappointed by your family. That you would face physical pain in your life that you would experience emotional pain and spiritual pain. Maybe you're here this morning or watching online and you are hurting physically because of some disease or because of some disability. Or maybe you're hurting because of desertion or disappointment. Or maybe you're hurting because of discouragement and disillusionment. Nobody can relate to how you feel because they've never been where you are. But Jesus has, and Jesus can relate. He's been where you are, and he felt what you feel, and he knows what you know. There are other things here, too, that we can learn from Jesus on the cross at this point in his death. Uh, when you're hurting, you can always admit the pain that you're going through to a God that knows exactly how you feel. And then secondly, you need to accept God's plan. Now, there, there's still a great puzzle to what Jesus says here in this statement. Because think about it. He, he is uh, part of the triune God. He is uh, one, uh, the one who, who scooped out the oceans and, and carved out uh, the, the lakes and lined out the rivers and traced out the streams. And he's saying, I am thirsty. This is the one who called himself the water of life, but there's no water for him. Why did Jesus go through what he did uh, and what he didn't really have to go through to say what he never should have had to say? It, it not only tells us here what he said, but why he said it. Notice verse 28 again. Verse 28, it says, after this, Jesus, knowing that all is now finished, here's why he did it, said this to fulfill the Scriptures. He said it to fulfill the scriptures. Now that's fascinating. Jesus didn't just say, I'm thirsty because he's thirsty. 
There's something more that is driving him here uh, uh, to say this uh, about his thirst and his statement here. Somehow Jesus realizes all of this is happening as a part of his father's plan. Because hundreds of years before, there was a prophecy that was given by David that this very thing would happen. Though he didn't know he was looking ahead uh, to this moment, uh, David, when he said this, when he wrote these words, it was towards this event. Psalm 69 verse 21 says this, They gave me poison for food, and for my thirst they gave me sour wine to drink. So think about this. Jesus here, he hasn't been given uh, that, that sour wine. He hasn't been given that vinegar yet to drink yet. And knowing God's word and knowing God's plan would be fulfilled, verse 29 tells us here that there just so happened to be a jar. No, it didn't just so happen to be. It was a part of God's plan. It says in verse 29, there was a jar full of sour wine that stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and lifted it up on a pole to hold it to his mouth. Think about this. When you're thirsty and you want to drink, when, when you're thirsty and you're expecting something to drink, you're expecting some water, not vinegar. How many of you like to drink vinegar? Maybe for some medicinal purpose, but it's just a very little that you'll take at that time. Jesus here, though, hadn't been given that, that drink of the, uh, of the sour wine of the vinegar. And, and so Jesus hadn't been offered that yet, but now he says this because this was a part of God's plan. Don't miss this. God has a plan for you both in how you live and in how you die. Nothing is left to chance. With God, there are no accidents, only appointments. And so here's the big question. Jesus suffered all that he suffered physically, all that he suffered emotionally, all that he suffered spiritually. And the question is this, are we willing to suffer whatever we need to suffer? Whether it's physical hurt, whether it's emotional heartache, whether it's spiritual helplessness, if that is God's plan for our lives. What's more important to us? Our personal comfort or our total commitment to God's plan for our life? Understand, if you're going to live well and you're going to die well, you ought not only need to admit your pain when you're hurting, but you ought to also accept God's plan when you do and then acknowledge God's purpose. That's our third point. It's a tremendous irony here that Jesus waits until the last few moments of his life to call attention to his suffering. Think about that. When they shoved the crown of thorns on his head, he didn't say, my head hurts. When they ripped that beard from his face, he didn't say, my face hurts. When they whipped him and he, he, they beat him, he didn't say, my back hurts. But when his every cell was crying out for a drop of water, he says, I'm thirsty. Why did he wait until then? Because he knew this was a part of God's purpose for his life. Let me show you something very interesting here. God never wastes anything, and never should we. 
We should never waste the pain we're going through, never waste the suffering we're going through, never waste the hurt that we're going through or the heartache that we experience in life because God can redeem our suffering. God can take all of that physical hurt that you may be going through. He, he can take all of that emotional hurt, heartache that you're experiencing. He can take all of that spiritual helplessness you're going through, and he can use it for his glory and, and even help people to come to himself. Think about what's going on here. The whole crowd had been crying out, crucify him. The whole crowd had been mocking him as he's hanging there on the cross. But somebody in that hardened crowd that had been mocking him and jeering him and making fun of him heard that last moan of Jesus and their hardened heart was softened and they ran and they got something for him to drink. Now that was so unusual because you could be imprisoned for trying to help someone who's being crucified in that way. And yet we don't see anybody who lifts a hand to stop this one act of kindness to Jesus. Here's what we learn, is that if you'll take your pain and you'll take your suffering and you'll take your heartache and your hurt and you turn it over to God and you ask God to strengthen you in it and to glorify him through it, he will use it to do both of those things. Think about it again. Why did Jesus go through all of this on the cross? Why didn't he just give up and say, enough is enough. I quit. I'm not going any farther. Someone asked once, what if Christopher Columbus had sailed all the way across the ocean and when he saw land through his telescope uh, looking across the ocean there and he saw the land, what if he had just said, okay, I've come this far, but I'm not going any farther. Let's go on back home. What if yesterday at one of those college football games a receiver had caught the longest pass that he had ever caught and he ran toward the end zone and he got within just a few inches of the end zone and he places that ball down and says, I'm not going any further. I'm done. It's over. I've come this far. His team would have lost. Here's Jesus who had prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweat drops of blood that night before. And now as he's hanging on this cross, beating down on him, he's hung there all day. He's been mocked, he's been tried, he's been drugged from one place to, in the city to another. He's been beaten with that cat, cat of nine tails. What if he had gotten all the way up to Calvary's mountain and just as they're about to drive those nails into his hands, what if Jesus, even on the cross, uh, he's almost ready to die. What if he had said, okay, I've come this far, but I'm not going any farther. Father, send 10,000 angels to come and take me down. We would have lost. No, Jesus went all the way. Let me ask you this. Why then do we, when we get right up to heaven's door at a moment such as this, when we could have salvation's free gift, why do we say, okay, I've come this far, but I'm not going any farther? And we refuse the free gift of salvation through Jesus. Why do we as Christians, when we've gotten saved and God brings somebody into our lives to share the gospel with, why do we say, okay, I've come this far, 
but I'm not going to go any farther. I'm not going to do that. Why do we so many times as a church, maybe at a crossroads in our history between doing great things for God or just existing, why do we say, okay, we've come this far, but we're not going any farther? Jesus wants us to go all the way, to do just what he did on the cross, go all the way. Why did Jesus go through all of that for you? Because he wants you to understand that whatever is happening to you first happened to him. He not only suffered before you, but he suffered for you. And you can always know your suffering has a purpose and your pain has a plan. And yet because Jesus came back from the dead, we can know that whatever we're going through, He will help you to get through it. He will help you to go beyond it. And someday He will help you to overcome it. King Tut was 15 or 16 years old when he died. He was one of the richest kings the world has ever known. He wanted to hide his tomb because it contained wealth untold. There were four mummy cases of pure gold. There were literally truckloads of precious stones, gold beads, bracelets, trinkets placed in his tomb about 400 miles south of Cairo, Egypt. At one time, seven nations were spending hundreds of thousands of dollars and many months looking for the tomb of King Tut. But on March the 4th, 1922, the crew of Howard Carter, an Englishman, they were digging in the Valley of the Kings, and they came across a smooth piece of cut stone. They called for Howard, and, and as they continued digging, they uncovered 16 steps that led down to a masonry wall that had been there for thousands of years. They took a large hammer and other instruments and they began to knock out some of that masonry wall revealing an opening and they knew that they had discovered a tomb. Howard took a lighted candle and ran his arm through the opening holding the light into the room and he saw the large tomb with inscriptions written all over the wall. They made the opening larger and Howard put his head through the hole and without saying a word he took out the candle, pushed his head through the opening, turned and walked a few feet away. His companion said to him, Howard, what did you find? The richest treasure in the world, he said. His companion said, well, well, you don't seem to be too excited. Why aren't you more excited? This is what we came for. This is what we've been looking for. And Howard Carter hung his head and said, 20 long, dirty, dusty, expensive years ago, I dug within 72 inches of where this tomb was found today, and yet I missed it. Here's what I want you to get from what Jesus says on the cross here. There are some of you who are here today or watching online, you're just within a few feet of the most precious treasure ever to be found, the cross of Calvary and an empty tomb and God's plan of salvation. Don't say today, okay, I've come this far, but I'm not going any farther. Understand this, Jesus went all the way for you. Will you go all the way for him? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for these 
two words spoken by Jesus that fulfilled the scripture. Father, I pray this morning that as you have spoken your truth into our hearts, shown us that you loved us, that you cared for us, that Jesus has experienced every suffering that we've ever experienced, that no matter what we're going through, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, you are there to walk with us through those things. Sometimes, Lord, you bring healing on this side of heaven. Other times that healing comes when we enter into your pearly gates. Father, I pray this morning that we would make sure, first of all, that we know Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. So if there's anyone listening, Lord, may they call out to you and say, Dear God, I know that I'm lost. I know I need Jesus as my Savior. I believe in what he did for me on the cross. I trust in him for my salvation. Come into my heart, come into my life and save me and help me to live for you all the days of my life. Father, I pray there'd be those who would not say, I'll wait another day because we're not promised another day. Father, I pray that you will stir our hearts this morning, even as believers. Father, I pray that even if we have trusted by faith in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and yet maybe you've brought people across our path that we needed to be a witness to, and we said, I can't do that. In essence, saying, I've come this far, but I won't go any further. Father, I pray that we as a church will also continue to press forward into all that you have for us to do, that we would seek your wisdom and your leadership and your guidance. And Father, I pray that we would follow you and experience all that you have for us in the days ahead. Lord, may your will be done in this invitation. Maybe there are those who need to just simply come and pray. Maybe there are those who prayed earlier to accept Christ in their heart that they need to come and profess their faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that your will will be done. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen and amen. We're going to ask you to stand as we sing our hymn of invitation. Brother Mike's going to lead us in that. Uh, number 280. Uh, so you'll have it in your hymn books. It's not on the screen. Uh, so be sure to come this morning in this time. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There the precious fountain, free to all a healing stream, flows from Calvary's mountain. 
a moment uh, brother Johnny's gonna come and share our announcements real quickly and then he'll lead us in a time of prayer and then the guys are gonna sing one more song before we leave don't forget the ushers will be at the door as you leave uh, to give your love offering brother Johnny you know I'm not brother Johnny but he told me I could come share this announcement real quick um, uh, men we got our men's breakfast next Saturday so be sure you sign up outside this door here on the bulletin board so we can get a good head count of how many's coming. Uh, Dwight Cox is going to be giving a, a short diva that day, so some of y'all probably know him. But be sure to sign up for that. Thank you. It's obvious that I am not Mr. Johnny either, but I have a story to read, so if y'all will just sit back and enjoy. Once upon a time, there was a little boy from the backwoods hill country of Tennessee, and he was searching for a place to sit while he played on his iPad. He pressed the help me find my chair button on his iPad and began the search. He found two chairs that might just be what he needed. He was excited when Amazon delivered them. He tried chair number one. Chair number one, chair number one, there you go. Here comes chair number one. But it was too small for him to sit in. Even a little boy from the backwoods hill country of Tennessee needs a roomy chair while he's playing on his iPad. Chair number two was delivered, but it was too hard. Even a little boy from the backwoods hill country of Tennessee needs a chair that's very comfortable. So we pulled out his iPad again. He searched the internet looking for just the right chair. He found it, punched the I found the right chair button and waited and waited. When Amazon delivered chair number three, he was very excited. Wow, it's just what I wanted. Now the little boy from Backwoods Hill Country of Tennessee can sit in his new chair and play with his iPad all day long. All of this is in appreciation for our pastor brother Jim. He's been sitting in a very uncomfortable chair for a long time. Now he has somewhere to sit that's comfortable. And brother Jim, we appreciate you. All three. <laughs> this is comfortable. Thank you. Thank you so much. My turn. I don't know how you're going to follow that. <laughs> Me, oh my. Thanks. Uh, got two announcements from Miss Linda Smith she asked me to make, and they read as follows. There are several opportunities of service in Awana. Number one, 
They are, they are in need of kitchen cleanup crew from 6.15 to 6.45 on Wednesday night. Number two, there's always need for substituting. So if you feel like substituting on any Wednesday night when they're in need, please see Pastor Jim or Linda Smith. Number two, if there are any Awana kids who would like to sing at the fifth Sunday night sing, meet Miss Rima in the music missions room at 5.30 next Sunday, October the 29th. That would be any Awana kids who would like to sing next Sunday night. Just a reminder, there will not be any service tonight here at Highland, but there will be services at Rutledge Falls sponsored by the association and the public is welcome and does anyone else have any announcements okay i'll do the closing prayer and then after the closing prayer uh, chosen road will close us out okay let's go to the lord in prayer your most gracious and heavenly father as we humbly come to you in prayer we just thank you once again for this wonderful Lord's Day and for all our many, many blessings. We thank you for each person here and just this special privilege and opportunity we've had to come together to worship this morning. May we take this opportunity to lift up our many unspoken prayer concerns that we share in our hearts. And as we share those, may we continue to pray for our, our nation our church, and for each other each and every day. We just thank you, Heavenly Father, for the, for the opportunity and the privilege and the power of prayer and for you hearing our prayers. Praise in Christ's holy name we do pray. Amen. Now, it's your turn, sir. <laughs>